0: A reading from Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. Now listen for God's word to us. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and God's fellow worker in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith, so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. You know quite well that we were destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted. And it turned out that way, as you well know. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter might have tempted you and our efforts might have been useless. But Timothy has now just come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us, just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith for now we really live since you are standing firm in the lord how can we thank god enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of god because of you night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith this is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God.
1: God. Let us pray. O oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We are now 28 days along in the 40 days of the season of Lent. Lent began at the end of February, and little did we know at that time that one month later we would all be part of this safer at home order. Little did we know that sanctuaries like this one would be empty, save for the lone pastor who is preaching to you this morning. And little did we know how much everyone would be giving up for Lent this year. But here we are, worshiping God together from our individual homes, yet still united in spirit. This Lent, we have been as a congregation looking at the Lord's Prayer, and today we come to the sixth petition of that prayer, lead us not into temptation lead us not into temptation now the greek word for temptation here is perismon and perismon is a word that can also mean trial or tests and as we look at this phrase lead us not into perismon that is lead us not into temptations trials or tests it occurs to me that many of us during this covid 19 global pandemic are facing trials, tests, and temptations, many new ones. You may find that staying at home and not able to go about your life as you did before is trying your patience. The social isolation may be trying your soul. If your work has in fact increased as a result of COVID-19 or if you are, for example, in the healthcare field, this time may be trying your endurance. You may be temporarily out of work and economic anxiety is trying your faith. Reading the news Or concern for your own health or the health of others may be trying your hope for the future, tempting you to despair. You may be tempted to look to your own needs and ignore the needs of your neighbor. You may be tempted to hoard rather than to share. What are some trials? Tests or temptations you or those around you are facing today, I invite you, if you wish, to name in the comments section of Facebook Live some of the trials, tests, or temptations you or someone you know or your city or your church are facing right now in your mind. If you're watching this with your family, you might think together about that question. What are trials, tests, or temptations that we have faced these past few weeks? And if you like, you can write your thoughts in the comments section now or during the sermon. Jesus has invited his disciples to pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, lead us not into perismon, that is, lead us not into trials, temptations, and tests. And many are praying that prayer today. But the sixth petition, lead us not into perismon, or lead us not into temptation, in many ways is a strange plea to make of God. And one reason it's odd to ask God, lead us not into temptation, is that we tend to associate not God, but the devil, with leading us into temptation temptation. In today's passage that Jeff Howard read from 1 Thessalonians, we read of how Paul had been worried for the church in Thessalonica, worried that the tempter had tempted you. And that's the one who tempts, isn't it? The tempter, the one who back in chapter four of Matthew's gospel, the gospel writer had called the devil or diabolos in Greek. That's the one who tempts, tries, and tests us, right? God protects, upholds, supports. Now, by Timothy's report, the church in Thessalonica prevailed and did not succumb to temptation, that temptation to lose faith. But the source of that temptation, as Paul imagined it, is the tempter, that is, the devil. The tempter or the devil, that's the one who tempts Jesus in the wilderness, tempting him to gratify his stomach at the expense of his soul, tempting him to put God to the test, tempting him with all the kingdoms of the world if he would just bow down to the tempter. Why should we ask God not to lead us into temptation when it is the tempter or the devil we associate with doing In 2017, Pope Francis made international headlines by raising precisely this question on Italian television. Why should we ask God, he asked his thousands of listeners, to lead us not into temptation? It's not God that pushes me into temptation and then sees how I fall, Francis said. A father does not do this. A father quickly helps those who are provoked into Satan's temptation. Francis went on to say that the famous phrase of the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation, is better translated, do not let us fall into temptation. Do not let us fall into temptation. Well, as appealing as that alternative translation might be, Most Greek scholars would beg respectfully to differ with the pontiff on this particular point. Greek scholars will note that the Pope's added phrase, fall into, is just not there in the original Greek. And if we're honest in reading scripture, there do seem to be times God leads people into temptation or at least God leads people into places where they will have to face temptations, tests, and trials, Mon. Sure, the tempter or the devil may be the one who actually seeks to throw Jesus off course, but you recall it is the Spirit that leads Jesus into the wilderness in the first place. And that Spirit we associate with the Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of God. And so it was the tempter who tempts Jesus, but it is the spirit that is God's very spirit that leads him to the wilderness where he would face the tempter. And that story of God sending Jesus into the wilderness, it recalls an earlier story still of God leading the people of ancient Israel into the wilderness where they faced trials, tests, and temptations After God had liberated the people of ancient Israel from slavery in Egypt, you recall God led them into the wilderness for testing. There, God taught them to follow God's instruction, to share and not to hoard, to trust in God for even their daily bread. And God taught them, as many good teachers do, by employing tests, And sometimes the people of Israel failed the tests. They talked of returning to Egypt. They grumbled and complained. They tested God's patience. They even bowed down for a golden calf. Now, the scripture is clear that it is not God who leads them to sin. That kind of leading is surely the tempter or the devil's domain, but God led them to a place where they would face perismon. Temptation, trials, tests, God led Jesus by the power of the spirit to the wilderness where he would face perismon. So maybe there is a logic in asking God not to lead us into temptation, meaning lead us not into those places where the tempter will come. And yet, why should we even ask that of God? Why should we ask God not to lead us into places where we would encounter perismon, where we would encounter trials, tests, and temptations, because precisely such things can help us grow in faith? In the book of James, we read, quote, Whenever you face perismone, that is, tests, trials, or temptations of any kind, consider it nothing but joy. Why should the book of James describe perismone or temptation as cause for joy? Because, the letter goes on, you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. Pirasmon, according to James, is reason for joy. For trials, tests, and temptations can help our faith to grow. They can build in us endurance. And isn't the author of James dead on with this point? Don't we need trials, tests, and temptations to grow in faith to build endurance? Think of a long-distance runner. Think of a long-distance runner. Ask such a runner, and they will tell you that in order to do well in the big race, you've got to be tested and tried and tempted first in prior races. This is an image of Knox's own Isaiah Givens as he is running for the Pasadena high school team. And if you ask him, I'm sure he will tell you that a good runner has to face temptations in prior races if they want to be able to endure in a race to come. They have to face the temptation to go too fast too early and so waste precious energy, or the temptation to go too slow too early and so create too much distance to make up later. A good runner needs to have faced the temptation to give up and conquer that temptation so they can be ready when the big race comes. So why would we pray, lead us not into pirasmon, lead us not into temptation when a runner knows you want to meet temptation and overcome it so you can be a better runner? Think of students getting ready to take an important test like the SAT. They prepare first by taking practice tests. They actually seek out testing. Why? Because it prepares you to take on the real thing. It does precisely what the book of James says that tests, trials, and temptations can do. They help you build endurance. They prepare you for the challenges ahead. Jesus himself, we read in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, went into the wilderness to endure temptations by the devil. And in both Gospels, Matthew and Luke, these temptations come before his public ministry begins. Weren't such temptations a crucial part of his preparation for ministry that we see in the Gospel of Mark That trials, tests, and temptations were a prelude, were part of helping him grow and build the endurance necessary for the path ahead. If trials, tests, and temptations should be, as the book of James puts it, cause for joy, cause for celebration, why should we pray? Lead us not into temptation. Shouldn't we pray, God, help us endure the temptations ahead? Or, God, be with us as we face temptation, and not, lead us not into temptation. And yet that is how Jesus has his disciples pray, lead us not into temptation. Now, one New Testament scholar by the name of John Dominique Crossan solves the problem by arguing, lead us not into temptation, refers to one specific temptation, And that's the temptation to employ violence. Crossan notes how Jesus' teaching and ministry were not just about soul change. They were about social change. As he puts it, revolutionary social change. And in social change movements, there are often two means of achieving it. One means that employs violence and another that uses nonviolence. Jesus, Crossan argues, was squarely for nonviolence, telling his disciples to turn the other cheek and to put away the sword. But his followers would face the temptation to use violence. We read in Matthew's gospel of one who stood with Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane and would succumb to violence, cutting off a high priest's ear when he and others came to arrest Jesus. For this Act, he and others brandishing swords and clubs, receive the chastisement of Jesus. Lead us not into temptation, that is, the temptation to use violence. That's how Crossan reads the sixth petition. Intriguing, don't you think? But violence seems to me to be only one of many trials, temptations, and tests, that Jesus' disciples would face and that we face today. And I'm not sure we can justify limiting the temptations the church faces to just the temptation to violence. Maybe what Jesus meant with the prayer, lead us not into temptation, is to pray that we would not test God. That's what some interpreters argue. Lead us not into temptation could mean God. Lead us not into situations where we would be tempted to try or test you. While God can use trials, tests, and even temptations for our benefit, we read in Scripture, we're told repeatedly never to test or try or tempt God. Maybe that's the kind of temptation Jesus was talking about. But it seems to me, most likely, that this perismon, when Jesus refers to it, that he has in mind in the Lord's Prayer a kind of final test. Some versions of the Bible translate this sixth petition, do not lead us into the final test, or lead us not into the final trial. And I think they are on to something. For in that term, final test or final trial, it seems to me we are describing the very trial that Jesus Christ himself faced and overcame. Jesus faced all manner of tests, trials, and temptations in his life. We read in the gospels, Jesus endured in the wilderness. Then he faced adversity and persecution by adversaries. He suffered denial and betrayal by those closest to him. He faced the temptation in the Garden of Gethsemane to abandon the path of the cross, but he withstood the temptation. He did not succumb to sin. He was faithful to God, confronted the powers of evil, even unto death on a cross, and his life and faith were vindicated as God raised him from the dead. And because of Christ's faithful life offered to God on our behalf, because of his having faced sin and withstood its allure, we, clothed with Christ's righteousness by faith, share in his victory. As the book of Hebrews puts it, because Christ himself was tested, tried, and tempted by what he suffered, he's able to help those who are being tested, tried, and tempted. The final trial, the final test was met and passed by Christ, and in his resurrection he points to a future where the power of God not only defeats sin, but overcomes death itself. His rising to new life, it's a foretaste of a future where all things in heaven and on earth are reconciled in Christ. We share in that promised future. We share in Christ's victory by uniting with him in faith. And so, by faith, when we face temptations, tests, and trials today, we do not face them alone. We face them united with Christ, who endured temptation, overcame it, and is able to come to our aid. We face perismal, knowing that even when we fail, Christ is able to cover our sin with his righteousness. With that, what trials, tests, or temptations can't we endure? So maybe The plea in the sixth petition, lead us not into temptation, could be rendered something like this. Lead us not, O God, into what Christ has made God's trial. Lead us not into that temptation that Christ alone can and has faced for us and that he alone can care. Friends, in this time of trials, tests, and temptations, hear this good news. The God we know in Christ is with us in the testing. And by the power of Christ, the church and its members have met temptation and endured time and again. This is what the Apostle Paul celebrates in today's passage from 1 Thessalonians. Though Paul feared that the believers in Thessalonica had fallen to the tempter, their faith had in fact persevered by the power of the one who they called Lord. And that has been the story of the church and its members time and again through wars and famines, plagues, and revolutions And even when we've fallen short in faithfulness as we have, our Savior did not. And because he himself was tempted in all that he suffered, he's able to come to the aid of those who are tempted, tested, and tried like you and me. And by his power, we endure. We're even made children of God. Let's pray. loving God thank you that by the power made available to us in Jesus Christ we can endure temptation when we fall he picks us up when we sin he is fast to forgive us when we are tempted to give up hope he strengthens us we pray for his spirit to be with us as we seek to do justice love kindness and walk humbly with you may his spirit The Holy Spirit, he said, would be sent to his followers. Be with us now. Unite us as one and help us to face whatever trials and struggles lie
0: ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.